not playing. What is up, everybody? Happy Monday. You are listening to the Hip Hop Dream on Anchor Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Fair. We are getting to the nitty gritty, the end of summer. I hope everyone's start of the week is going well. The dog days of summer are almost over. We are almost entering the great season of fall, which I personally love because I am a fall birthday. I'm a fall baby. I love the weather. I live in New England. I'm a New England native, for those of you who don't know. So I've grown accustomed to fall, so I'm excited. I hope everyone else shares the same excitement as I do. Um, but I have a lot to get to today, so I want to get started. Uh, you know, it's funny. I did the podcast Friday uh, where I went over the the days before rodeo Travis Scott album and the anniversary, the five-year anniversary that was coming up, and I detailed an article that Complex wrote, a fantastic article about the behind-the-scenes that went into Travis's first um, breakthrough mixtape that gained him the fame that he so rightfully deserves. But a lot has happened in the past two days uh, within the musical realm, especially in hip-hop. Um, I do kind of want to start on conventional, though. Uh, I want to start yesterday. I went to see uh, the movie Blinded by the Light, which is the Bruce Springsteen movie, um, about uh, this this um, this British kid who grew up, who has, who's of Pakistani uh, descent, Growing up in the 1980s where uh, racism was rampant and discrimination was rampant within the community that he lived in in, uh, in the UK. Uh, the community was called Luton, I believe. And this kid gained a love for Bruce Springsteen's music through one of his friends in college. It's a true story. And he's an aspiring journalist who writes poems and... But he comes from a very rigid household where tradition kind of rules over everything. Like you kind of do what your parents want you to do. And um, it just follows this beautiful story about this kid who grows an immense love for Bruce Springsteen's lyrics. And uh, as a result, is inspired by him to chase his own dreams. And it's really a heartfelt story that tackles, you know, a lot of political commentary uh, while also dissecting Bruce's lyrics to its core. And, you know, I'm bringing this up, and it's definitely different for me to bring this up in a hip-hop podcast, but I think it's important because, personally, I grew up with my parents who, you know, were big Springsteen fans, and I kind of grew a love for Springsteen as well over the past couple of years. And I think people do forget how great of a songwriter he was. Like, we all know how much of a perfectionist he was when it came to production and his ear for music, but his songwriting... Uh, at, you know, you can't really take a songwriting at face at face value, and I think that's what this movie encapsulates so so well. Is there's so many different meanings to his writing, to his music that people truly may not even understand. Even people who grew up in that era where Springsteen was was kind of rising, but 
I thought the movie's uh, intertwinement of political upheaval and and Bruce Springsteen's uh, lyrics and this kid's story was just so genuine. A great deal of humanity is exuded in this film uh, to really bring Springsteen's uh, music to life, as well as this this story that I think can be relatable for so many people. Um, it's got a great message behind it, and it doesn't it doesn't shy away from showing the harsh realities of, of what you know this family and many others have to go through and and uh, politically divided neighborhoods, which is definitely relevant still today. So I want to shout out Blinded by the Light. Please go see it because it, 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 I think it finished 10th at the box office this weekend and it was its opening weekend. So it's a, I don't know why people aren't seeing it. I, I feel like if, if Warner Bros. advertised it better, I think you would find an audience that would want to see this movie, even if you're not a fan of Springsteen's music. <clears throat> but a really phenomenal film. And, uh, you know, it's, it's crazy. It's such an interesting biography because it's not directly about Bruce Springsteen, but this kid, uh, the kid's name in the movie, Javed, Javid, um, I think I pronounced his name right. I apologize if I'm not, uh, he kind of has a very similar upbringing to Springsteen. Not like, not like to a T, but definitely similar in, in like economic background and stuff like that. So it's almost like Springsteen's story told through uh, this this other person in a, in a different country and of a different descent. So I think that's cool. It just adds a great deal of humanity, and it shows that everyone, a lot of people, go through problems and whatever race or color or you know economic status you are, you know people. Each person goes through shit. Some some people go through more shit than others. And I think that's also displayed pretty nicely in this movie. So shout out to Blind by the Light. So check that out. And I want to move on from there. So as I mentioned on Friday, we had a big album release uh, from Young Thug, his debut album. And again, I put that in quotations much like I did for Chance because Young Thug, we know what he's done over the past decade. We know that he's one of the godfathers of trap music with his eccentric style and the way he kind of just kind of his, his transition from different registers is so seamless. And he kind of displays that throughout his discography uh, in a very raw manner. And that's what I think a lot of people have, um, why there's a lot of fans of, of thug. And, and it's crazy because he really, he's, he's, he's a mainstream rapper for sure, but he hasn't, I feel like he hasn't felt the mainstream success that he should have. Um, like if you look at his like, solo songs there aren't a lot of like billboard topping hits like why clef gene i'd say is one digits is another one but like pick up the phone was with travis scott so you can't really count that so he really it's crazy because people do consider him one of the best rappers of this generation but he really doesn't get the mainstream success he deserves and this album so much fun seems to be the first time where we're finally seeing that uh i think it's number one for the week right now i'll have to check the numbers but uh i think there's a lot of anticipation going through this and you know whether or not thug would deliver i think a lot of people were hoping he would and for the most part i, I the first listen i gave it i wasn't the the biggest um i was to be honest i wasn't the biggest fan at first i was like all right well this is considered an album, but you know, we know albums as, as things, as, as types of work that have a consistent theme and 
a story that people can follow. Like, although the big day for Chance was, you know, had a bunch of songs, it was like over 20, at least there was a recurring theme throughout the, the project, which made it an album. For so much fun, I feel like this is the first project where Thug, at least in the past few years, where Thug doesn't seem to have a, you know, a tight concept that kind of brings everything together on this album. Like you look at his 2016 album, Jeffrey, each song was the name of a person that young thug was inspired by. So there was that theme there. And then his project, beautiful thugger girls kind of followed the theme of love in different facets. And he, he expressed that through different musical styles, which was kind of cool for a rapper of his caliber. Um, so, you know, I was kind of surprised to see that so much fun didn't have a theme like that besides the, you know, the shallow theme of, Hey, this is all, this is, you're going to have a lot of fun listening to this. And, you know, when I looked at it in that perspective, I was like, all right, this album is pretty solid. Um, I found myself as I listened to it two, three more times, I found myself actually adding more songs to my playlist (laughs) as as songs kind of uh, grew on me. Um, And he has a, you know, I appreciate how Thug kind of sticks to to his crew. He has Gunna on a few songs, a little Baby, a little Duke of the YSL Collective from Atlanta. He has Wheezy with the majority of the production. And, you know, I think a lot of people have kind of grown a little bit sour on Wheezy because his, his production, at least when I watch reviewers on YouTube and stuff, I think they've grown a little sour on his production because it can be one note sometimes. Like it's kind of the same slow tempo 808 pattern. But here, he really add, a lot of the beats he adds have a great deal of unique production or percussion that I haven't really heard before. Uh, specifically on a song like "Hot" with Gunna, where um, just the the grand grandiose horns and the and there's like this little like fluttering synth in the background. That song sounds like a like a layered butterfly or something. I don't even know how to describe it. It's just or like a flute. I think it's a flute actually. It's just like, it's just this crazy flute that like just adds so much flavor to the sound. And it's moments like that where Wheezy seems to be actually pushing his, his boundaries uh, a little bit production wise. And um, I was really impressed with that. Uh, it's crazy because it seems like a lot of rap beats nowadays after the success of J. Cole's Middle Child are using like these, these grand horns to start off their track. Like Trippy did it on his album too, Under Enemy Arms. And now we see it a couple times on Young Thug's album. So it seems to be the new the new trend in, in trap music, which is kind of cool. Um, like I said, it adds a little bit more dimension to the beats because trap beats have become kind of stale recently. Um, but I will say there was a couple disappointments on, on the album. Uh, I wasn't a huge fan of the future song, Sup Mate. Uh, I just feel like that the beat grows tiresome after a while. And on top of that, uh, Future and Young Thug just sound like they're kind of they're kind of riffing uh, throughout the entire track, which... You know, I, I, I'm always entertained by, by, by their auto crooning and I'm always entertained, even if you're not understanding what they're saying, usually they're, they do interesting things with their, with their vocal register. That's always pretty intriguing, but here it's just like <clears throat> the lyrics, not only are the lyrics so ridiculous, like one of the, one of the chorus is literally young thug repeating, wipe your nose, wipe your nose. Um, it just gets so ridiculous to the point where it's. It's just like not a song. It's more like just a bunch of ideas thrown into to one beat. Um, 
and ATL Jacob at DY Crazy bring one of their more underwhelming beats as well. Um, and the wipe his nose was actually a refrain, not a chorus. But regardless, it was it, it was tough. It was tough to listen to it, it. It was a three minute fifty second song, but you know it felt like a six minute song, which is never a good thing. Uh, just how it is the opener. I was impressed with Thug's rapping. I liked how he kind of explained some of his past choices, like why he wore the dress on on the uh, on on the on his Jeffrey album that people so famously were mixed on for whatever reason. Um, <clears throat> I like how he kind of uses comedy to describe it too in the chorus. Like he says, "Had to wear the dress because I had a stick." Like I found that pretty funny. How he's like, "Yeah, I had a gun under my under my dress. I had to hide it, so the dress was the perfect thing." I thought that was pretty funny, um, in very typical thug fashion. Uh, I also thought his his raps were pretty sharp on here. Um, I will say that the beat itself, which was produced by none other than Nick Mira of Juice World fame, and uh, Wheezy as well. I will say the beat uh, grows tiresome after a while. It's kind of a, a simple trap beat uh, with some nice laid-back synths, but it does it doesn't really progress into much. So on that on that end of the stick, it wasn't it wasn't as entertaining. But uh, Thug nonetheless shows why he's one of the best out there. And uh, yeah, I, I like just how it is. Um, I liked Cartier Gucci star scarf was a huge highlight for me because I think it was thug again, showing his ability to really stretch his vocal range. Um, he sounds like he's rapping from his bottom lip on, on his first verse on, on the song, um, with, with Lil Duke and Lil Duke brings the same hardcore energy that thug brings on his verse as well. Um, I thought it was very catchy too. I love the chorus, uh, the wipe the Cartier's off the Gucci scarf. It was memorable. Um, I, I liked a lot of the, I liked a lot of the references. I'm, I'm going to take a bar, a little peep. Um, you know, there's just a great deal of comedy that's sprinkled in here and there. I really enjoyed the, the collaboration with Lil Uzi on what's the move, uh, with the birds chirping in the background and, and more summery synths. It just felt like I'd be like sitting on the beach listening to the song, which is something you wouldn't expect from a thug and Uzi song. Um, this was one of their better collaborations together for sure. Uh, it just sounds good to hear Uzi finally back on a song. It, you know, it's been a while. I mean, he released his couple singles a couple months ago, but I wasn't a huge fan of him. But he really comes through here. Young Thug again, bringing a lot of a lot of um, energy to the chorus, and I and you know, once again, he had a lot of memorable lyrics. Um, on the chorus and yeah it was just a lot of fun it was another song where you know the it was another song where the beat does kind of get a little tiresome by the end but I do enjoy the the kind of the more the happier sense I guess you could say in the background because we kind of know trap music is, is more like dark and um, in some sense is horrifying at times but uh, there was just kind of a, a happier take I guess you could say on this one um, and you know, I mean, it's, it's not like the most original song in the world. It's, it's about, you know, what's the next step in a relationship, you know, how are they going to get out of tough situations and stuff like that? Typical banter, rap banter, but, um, it, it, you know, it, when you're listening to a thug album, you want to hear, a, a, uh, you know, boundary pushing styles and, and different, different experimentation. And I think this song kind of encapsulates that pretty well. I like the I bought her song. Um, 
I thought that was really catchy. I like Thug's flow on that a lot. Uh, I bought my mission van. I bought a lot. Of, like, I thought it was just funny. Um, it was a lot of, again, a lot of fun. No pun intended. Um, and it was, it was Thug being his usual vulgar and, you know, I guess violent style. Like, New York ain't going for no bap. I promise he'll get stabbed. I told her I go nasty. I give him lifetime splash. I told her I got crops, the big, big Bergen bag. Um, this is another song where he kind of plays a lot with his vocal inflections. He kind of, like, narrows his voice in a way where he's, like, he's rapping in that high-pitched frequency that we know, and then he kind of, like, seamlessly transitions into this, like, narrow rapping where, again, he's, like, it sounds like he's rapping from, like, his lower lip, and, like, that. that's it. So that was pretty cool to see. Um, so that was a great highlight for me. And that was, I think in a, in a, in a nut, like, I feel like this album when thug is kind of free flowing and, you know, actually putting ideas on paper and, you know, transitioning between those different vocal registers, that's when he's at his best. And I think a lot of thug fans can agree with that, with that notion that when he's not sticking to one dimensionality, one, uh, one dimensional flow, he's really, you know, at his best and, you know, different moments like this occur, uh, where that happens. Mannequin challenge is a nice song with juice world. It was a nice change of pace from like the Atlanta style, which can grow tiresome at times because of its redundancy. Like we've heard gonna flow like he's flown on hot. We've heard him, you know, he's back, he's on the song surf as well. And he's kind of in a similar type of flow where it sounds like he's underwater. So adding juice world to that, to this album really helped in a, in a sense that it kind of broke up the the monotony of, of, of some moments on this album that are surely there. Uh, like Circle of Bosses is kind of another passable Quavo verse. Um, you know, I, he's just settling for mediocrity. All of, like every song he's put out recently is just mediocre, mediocre. Like I have no inclination to listen to the Quality Control album for a little while. Only the songs with Yachty because I love Yachty. Uh, Lil Baby was a nice song. It didn't have Lil Baby on it. Um, Lil Baby was instead on the song before, Bad, Bad, Bad. He brings a passable verse as well. Nothing too exciting. Although I do like Thug's chorus once again on that song. But Lil Baby was nice because on the chorus on Lil Baby, uh, Young Thug kind of shouts out Future in a way. or It's kind of an ode to Future's first off song back in January, which was kind of a huge Billboard hit. Uh, so it was nice hearing that little ode, especially since both of them are, are so close. Um, I made Forbes every year, little baby. Like, that was dope. I was like, all right. Nice little shout-out for Future. I'm a big Future fan. I, I'm sure not a lot of people might know um, Future's new album. Because for whatever reasons, people don't pay attention to him anymore. But go check that out as well. It was a good one. Uh, Pierre Bourne actually was on production for Lil Baby. And he's actually on production for a few songs here. Um, I will say, though, as much as I love Pierre Bourne, I think he's the next great producer. Uh, I, I, do, I do hope he changes up his style a little bit because he kind of he brings those same like spacey atmospheric synths to every song. And, you know, he's kind of the the you, you know, it works in some senses, especially with Playboy Cardi, because Playboy Cardi just kind of riff like Playboy Cardi's brand is riffing on tracks and he does it in such an entertaining way. It's so fun to listen to. Uh, but that can definitely grow tiresome, especially on a Young Thug song. Um, especially if Thug doesn't switch up his flow, but he does, thankfully, on Lil Baby. So it was entertaining to listen to. Um, he was... Uh, Jumped Out the Window was a surprise uh, gr- great song for me, but uh, produced by Super Mario. 
um, who I believe produced some of Megan the Stallion's album from earlier in the year. Uh, I remember her yelling Mario on that song, Weak Ass Bitch. Um, great song here. It reminds me a lot of a Tay Keith beat, uh, where it's like this, like Memphis, like the booming hard trap drums and the, and the menacing haunting keys in the background. They're kind of fluttering behind, um, almost like, you know, it's like something imminent's about to happen. So I thought that was cool. And, uh, you know, Thug again brings a, kind of like a block boy JB type flow, which is something you, I rarely hear from him. And I thought, you know, at face value, you could look at it and be like, oh, well, this is like kind of just copying like the simple trap beats of, of, of back of, of the past few years. But in reality, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I liked, uh, I liked Thug's kind of, kind of trying to ride the beat in, in a way like, you know, he used, he said, jumped out the window and I fled on the cops. Uh, I, you know, I thought that was fun. You know, it was kind of, it was a nice ode to when he was growing up while at the same time, just being entertaining as all hell as usual. Um, so yeah, I mean, moments like that really stand out for me. I, I love when thug is trying to push boundaries and despite the many producers that are on this album, they, the, the project itself sounds consistently pretty, pretty tied together nicely. I mean, all the sounds, yes, there's some different, you know, percussion here and there, some different drums here and there, but it all sounds pretty pretty similar but not to the point where it's redundant uh which i like uh it's definitely a hit or miss album for sure uh most of the misses are just songs that are you know unapologetically just just plain and kind of bland like light it up to me is kind of a bland trap trap song in the future probably would have done like five years ago um but I like the London song. I like how he put it at the end there because we we know it. We you know we've been bumping it for month, for a couple months now, so we know the song uh, with Travis and J Cole. That's another like that's another nice way to end the album because it's it's like uh, it's a nice again it's a nice switch of pace, much like the Juice World song with Travis and J Cole bringing their own perspectives. So I like the track track list track placed it placing on that but yeah overall solid output by young thug i don't think it's his best body of work uh, my favorite for him is still jeffrey but um i think people who are dead diehard young thug fans will love this album um i think people who aren't maybe as huge as young i'm not like the hugest young thug fan but i definitely enjoyed it was it was refreshing to see a trap album that definitely tried to do different things and even though it was hit or miss I always appreciate when someone's trying to experiment and push some boundaries and, you know, Young Thug definitely experiments outside of his Atlanta boundaries. So, uh, shout out to Young Thug. So much fun. It's out now. Go give it a shot. There's, you know, there's 19 songs, so it's a long album. So I'm sure there's some you'll love. There's some you'll probably hate, uh, as with any album that's that long, but yeah, good showing by Thug. Um, <clears throat> the last thing I want to get into before we head out, we had a lot to get into today. Um, I don't want to talk too much about this because I'm a huge fan of this guy, regardless of how he's acted in the media, but Kanye West, uh, his Yandi album actually went into YouTube over the past week and was leaked with, uh, a group of songs that just lasted under 30 minutes that range anywhere from full length songs already to just snippets and, I don't know how this happened. I know a Kanye West representative uh, made a quote in one of the publications that said, saying like, it's a shame that, you know, leaks have to happen in this, in this day and age and all this and that, you know, typical A&R shit. Um, I don't know how it happened, especially considering like this never really happens to a guy like Kanye West of his caliber. 
Um, it seems like this is the first time in Kanye West's career that he's had a battle, uh, the streaming age in a way, and you know it's kind of showing on full force. Um, but it's a collection of songs that are supposedly from his finished Yandi product that was supposed to come out last September. However, after listening to it, and if you guys haven't listened, just look up Yandi leaked on YouTube and check it out. Um, after listening to it, most of the songs to me seem unfinished. A lot of it just sounds like Kanye trying to find a flow on a beat or trying to, you know, gain a verse or a chorus that would stick really nicely on a beat. Um, the production is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, there's a song on there called Alien where it just like sounds like you're like ascending into space and like meeting like extraterrestrials or something. It's just phenomenal production as you would expect from Kanye. Um, he has a couple like typical 808 like trap beats as well on there. So it's kind of interesting. It seems like after listening to it, it seems like there's a lot of different ideas that Kanye wants to get at. Um, it's definitely a lot happier than Ye, at least sonically. It's a lot happier and which is something that I think he spoke on about making happier music. So that was not a surprise to me, but I'm kind of interested to see if Kanye will just scratch it now that it's leaked or I, or if he works on these songs and refines them and puts them out as an actual album. Um, because there are like a lot of great sounds. Like I was like getting goosebumps listening to some of the sounds and this was just like rough. Like when you listen to it, it's definitely more lo-fi. Like it's definitely rough quality. It doesn't sound mixed very well at all, but I think that's how it was meant to be. I don't think these are, songs that are fine like fully finished yet like there's one song that has like a choir and like a piano and it sounds like kanye's recording it in another room so to me that's that's another idea um 80 degrees is another idea that's been out for a while with kanye just with really layered auto-tune vocals that are really beautiful and a, and a ridiculous like drum pattern that's just like unbelievable on that song as well so go check out that yandi snippet that yandi leak let me know what you guys think about it what do you guys think is the future for it i have a conspiracy theory about it i think kanye had a hand in <laughs> i think kanye had a hand in honestly releasing it because i don't know i just feel like kanye is very unconventional when it comes to releasing music like we saw the life of pablo shit with the whole mass and square garden show and then like the the album not being released when it should have same with yay it, it was supposed to be released at midnight it didn't come out till like the next day in the afternoon kids see ghosts with another one my beautiful dark twisted fantasy is famous for him releasing music once he was doing the good fridays where like a song was being released a week found uh you know pre preceding the album and then uh yeezus was supposed to be like the death of cds which it really wasn't because yay is out in, in stores right now as we speak but still, Kanye is very unconventional. He's very, he's very annoying, I guess you could say, when it comes to releasing music. Um, and I feel like maybe this is another one of his weird ploys that he that he's trying to play around with with the public. Um, so I think he he might have had a hand in releasing this on YouTube, which would be kind of funny if he came out and just tweeted that. Um, it, I mean, it's definitely far out there. It's far reaching, but you know, you can never put anything past this guy. Um, but I hope he really does, you know, revisit these songs and tries to refine them, put them out to the public. Um, I think there's a lot of good ideas. I hope he doesn't just completely scratch this and move on. Uh, and I heard inklings he might, so that would be kind of disappointing. And I'd be, you know, my intrigue would turn into anger for the person that did leak this, you know. But I don't know. We live in a tough in a tough society where, if, you know, if you release something. Yeah, no artist is safe. Like, look at all the Playboy Cardi leaks there's been and Lil Uzi leaks. Like, 
it's just the way people are like they steal people's music they release it and it's fucked up but it's reality it's it's the internet age uh, it's the streaming age people just people aren't patient anymore it's just you know that's just how a lot of us are we we want music right now you know without the artist having any chance to really refine their their sound and, and that's why a lot of the quality can be bad so but hopefully Kanye refines this and puts it out because I think there's a lot of great stuff in there. So go check out the Yandi leak if you haven't. Let me know, let me know what you guys think. I'm going to wrap up the podcast now. I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, to finish off, I just want to play a minute and a half of one of Young Thug's songs on this album. I'll play the I'll play the Juice World song because I really like that one. Man- Mannequin Challenge, it's called. Thank you guys for listening. Go check out this podcast and my others on Anchor. Apple Mute, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify and Google Podcasts, and I will be back Friday uh, for a new episode. Have a good rest of your week. I just did a weekend jail and I caught me three new bitches Before you knew that but done, bitch, I was grandpa dripping I had a million dollars, that's the way in the spot on the west